Hello, everyone, and welcome to this joyous wedding podcast. I'm Andrea, and I'm a wedding officiant located at the Jersey Shore. In this weekly podcast, I will be giving you helpful tips for your wedding, each week focusing on something different. I will also answer your questions, and for fun, we will include a segment on the latest wedding stories that are making the internet headlines. So let's start today's podcast with a wedding I just had the pleasure to perform. This ceremony turned out beautiful. It was held on the afternoon of December 21st, the winter solstice. It was on the beach and included a ring warming and hand fasting with the cord of four strands. So first of all, it was on the beach. So let's talk about the necessity of backup locations. I know many couples don't want to think about this. They have in their head their image of their dream beach wedding. But if your ceremony is outside, you must have a backup location and not just for rain. You may need to move your ceremony inside if you have excessive heat. Uh, I've seen a guest pass out on the beach before at a wedding I was performing. That's no fun. Everybody becomes concerned. Um, The EMT were called. The guest was okay, but the focus was taken away from the ceremony. And you can imagine how hot it was if people were passing out. Very uncomfortable. High winds are also disruptive. Wind can be so annoying. Imagine the wind blowing your hair and veil around during the entire ceremony. Uh, um, Usually, your venue or restaurant that you're having your reception or celebration at will agree to be your backup location in case of inclement weather. So that's number one with any outdoor ceremony. Have a backup location. And don't be afraid to use it. Making the big decision. Imagine you're scheduled for a beach wedding and there are 14 mile per hour winds. That's crazy wind, by the way. Or it's 95 degrees out and 100% humidity. Or rain clouds are looming and the forecast calls for 70% chance of rain. And you're thinking, but was it, what if it doesn't? What if it holds out? I recommend making the decision based on guests. What can you expect your guests to endure? You don't want them to all get drenched in rain. How are they going to enjoy the reception afterwards? And you certainly don't want them to have a heat stroke. Also, think about the vendors. If you have um, musicians or an officiant, their microphones are not going to work with with this wind or in rain. They're not going to set them up because if they get ruined in the rain, uh, that's a lot of money. Also, think about your photographer taking pictures in the rain or high winds in rain and you've had a florist come and set up your arch and the flowers None of that's going to work in extreme conditions. So bring it inside. Of course, you and your photographer can still go to the beach for a photo shoot. But let's say it's beautiful and you get to have your wedding on the beach. Oh, this is great. Here are some tips for your beach wedding. First of all, make sure you have any permits the beach may require. Don't chance that. Most beaches have limited parking. Come on, parking at the beach is always a challenge. So remind your guests to allow time for this. 
I always feel badly for the guest who has had to park and walk from so far away that by the time they get to the ceremony location, it's almost over. Be on time. Yeah, you, the bride and groom, the wedding party. It's so important that you are on time. It's a beach, and beaches don't always have restrooms, at least not nearby. Unless you've booked your ceremony at a private beach venue or a hotel with its own private beachfront, then you've probably made arrangements through the town for the beach for a certain amount of hours, and you've obtained that permit, right? Or perhaps it's a free beach. This can be really great for your budget. But remember, it doesn't come with a maitre d' or a banquet manager like a venue will. So it's important to hire an officiant who is well-versed at organizing and lining up your wedding party and then prompting them when to start walking. If your budget allows, some couples may hire a same-day coordinator to take on this role. A same-day coordinator will also take on the role of making sure your chairs arrive and are set up properly, that your florist has arrived with your arch and any other decorations that you've put out. Um, they're there to greet the guests and make sure they find their way to the chairs and that everything runs smoothly for your ceremony. Your officiant should have their own wireless microphone system. This is a must for beach or any outdoor weddings. I personally think it's a must for any wedding, any vendor. Your, your officiant should come with uh, their own sound system. If they are a professional charging you a fee, they should have their own system. After all, what good is a ceremony if you cannot hear it? Ceremony music. Yes, you can get some DJs to come out there with a speaker and play music for you. Also, if you hire musicians, they should also have their own wireless amplifier. I've officiated beach weddings before where the musician does not, and you cannot hear them beyond the first front row of chairs. There's nothing wrong with simply bringing your own speaker and a playlist on your phone. Have a friend in charge of pressing play and pause. Choose a few songs to play as guests enter one for your wedding party to enter to, and one for the bride to enter to. You'll also need an upbeat recessional song. Think about your dress. You got to ditch that ball gown and go with the flowy beach dress, something easy to walk on on the beach. I, I don't recommend a veil either. Um, beaches, you know, the veil is always blowing around on the beach. Um, a flower crown works nice, or flowers in your hair. That, that's so beautiful. And think about the groom, too, and the groomsmen. A full tux? That could be too hot on the beach. Have some, you know, the tan pants and the white shirt. So, also, ditch those shoes. Go barefoot. Barefoot in the sand. That's what it's all about. Um, I've seen uh, the bride and the bridesmaids get those... Um, Bottomless sandals, they're, they're usually made of um, some kind of shell and they go around your toe. I'll put a picture of them on my Facebook page with a link of where you can buy them. They're really cute in the sand. 
you should also make a little station, maybe with a sign right as you get on the beach for your guests to put their shoes and invite them to walk barefoot on the beach. Um, no runner. Runners don't work on the sand and on the beach. They just fly away. Walk down on the sand. You're on the beach. So the runners are just a pain. They never work. I suggest putting a station as the guests come in with some water bottles in a bucket. Fun things are the little fans you hand out in case it's a hot day or the colorful umbrellas. That also makes for a nice picture, all your guests sitting there with those umbrellas protecting them from the harsh uh, sunlight. Um, so those are my beach tips there. Uh, also, a big one is um, flower petals. If you're having a flower girl sprinkle flower petals, they need to be real. Most beaches will not allow the fake flower petals, the silk flower petals. That's just like littering. You're just throwing litter. Real ones will dissipate. So um, keep in mind, you don't want to litter the beach there. Okay. So this ceremony, I personalized it because it was on the winter solstice. And uh, also the couple loved the beach. So I, I put some wording in there about that. Speak to your um, officiant. And if you are holding your ceremony on a special day, like New Year's, the spring equinox, Halloween, or an anniversary of some type, or maybe it's a location where you went on your first date or where you became engaged. You should have your officiant write some of this into your ceremony. It makes it very nice and personalized. So this one, I did begin with why the beach was so important to them. Um, I said something like being at this location is so special to the bride and groom. They share a love of the beach. There's something about being by the ocean that evokes a certain awe. The ocean stirs the heart, inspires the imagination, and brings joy to the soul. So it's only fitting that here amongst a gathering of those they hold dearest, Mary and John will commit their lives to each other in vows of marriage. I also acknowledge that it was the winter solstice and I explained how it was a turning point in the year, that it's the longest night of the year, and starting today, we enter what is called the light half of the year, when the days finally become longer, meaning there will be more and more light each day after the solstice. It is believed that the winter solstice is the most magical time for a wedding. Because of this connection to the life cycle of the earth, and to one of the oldest of human rituals. It is believed it is the perfect time in the calendar to speak vows to your beloved. Then we did include uh, a reading about light and love. It's a beautiful reading. I have a Facebook page for this podcast, and I also have an Instagram page for this podcast. I will give you those addresses, and I will put these readings and this special wording up on there for you to read. So this ceremony included a ring warming. This is a basic element where they pass their rings around to all their guests and their guests just take a moment while holding the rings, they say a prayer of blessing or a, a wish that they wish for the couple and they pass it on. I explained the ring warming 
like this. First of all, I introduce it and uh, I tell the guests how the couple is so grateful that they're here uh, to share this special day with them. And because of this, they would like to ask them to participate in the blessing of their union with a special ring warming ceremony. It is widely believed that precious metals hold energy. The more enduring the object, the more energy will be absorbed. As this ceremony proceeds, we invite you to take part in the warming of the rings by passing them between one another and to warm the precious metal with your wishes, prayers, and blessings for John and Mary. And when these rings come back, they will contain in their precious metal that which is more precious yet priceless, your love and hope and pledge of support for their marriage. We also included a hand fasting with the cord of four strands. This is another great way to include family or guests in uh, in your ceremony. And it provides a beautiful keepsake for your ceremony. So the hand fasting, each cord, we used a yellow, a red, a blue, and a green cord, each representing something um, different. And we assigned four of their friends to come and place these cords over their hands. And as they did, I spoke about what each cord represents and the blessing that each cord represents. And then at the end, the couple took their hands out of the hand fasting. And as they did, they pulled all four of these cords and it made the infinity knot. So again, I'll put this wording on the website. Uh, I don't think there's enough time in the podcast to read it all, but it's it's quite beautiful. Um, so be sure and look at that. I will also put a link to all the other hand fasting because um, there are so many ways to do a hand fasting. One cord, three cords. Uh, the, the unity, family unity hand fasting is becoming popular. So I'm based in New Jersey. Obviously, these tips and what we talk about are for anywhere. But I always like to give my special Jersey recommendations. At this particular wedding, I worked with the fabulous Chris Anders of Anders Portfolio Photography out of Asbury Park. Beautiful pictures. That's spelled A-N-D-E-R-S, Portfolio Photography. If you're having your wedding in New Jersey, especially near the Asbury Park or Jersey Shore area, look up his website and check out those pictures. I also recommend the venue La Dolce Vida in Belmar, New Jersey, and their sister restaurant, La Teresa, also in Belmar. Um, They are directly across the street from Fifth Avenue Beach in Belmar, and they are perfect for small weddings. Uh, They have some private rooms and excellent food. So the wedding story that I found in the New York Post, I'm calling it Don't Wear White or a Wedding Dress Unless You're the Bride. So um, this is one that where the bride posted a picture of herself with a hashtag wedding fail of how her mother-in-law wore a wedding dress to their, to her wedding. The picture's great. Again, I'm going to put it up on the Facebook and Instagram page. And um, 
the first of all, my Instagram is this joyous podcast. That's T H I S J O Y O U S podcast. My Facebook page is this joyous wedding podcast. T H I S J O Y O U S W E D D I N G podcast. I'm going to put a picture uh, of this. The bride and her mother-in-law, they almost have the exact same dress on. You can almost not tell who is the bride. And uh, the bride named Amy uh, Pinza on Twitter, she posted this and she said, put, my mother-in-law wore a wedding dress to my wedding. So yeah, top that one, Twitter. So I'm asking you guys, can you top that wedding fail? Did anybody show up at your wedding in white or worse yet, in a wedding dress? This bride went on. I, I wonder how you handled it. Um, this bride went on to to say she forgave her mom that she, that it, it, it's now she looks back on it as a laugh, and her she's sure her mother in law did not mean anything by it. That she was just a bargain hunter. But what's best about this is are the comments. So many other people put there. You know, of course, don't believe her. She could have gotten any dress for sale. Um, but I can't believe how many people this has happened to. I mean, it's crazy how it's ha- how many people show up in something uh, very similar to uh, the wedding gown. Um, and we all know that that's, uh, that's not appropriate. Um, I like to think that on hindsight, I would have handled it as well as this bride and laughed it off and, uh, and um, been good natured about it. Um, so I want to hear from you. How would you feel if that happened to you? Do you have a story of your own? Do you have a theme that you would want me to speak about next? Um, I encourage you to send your wedding story to be read in my next podcast. Share your experience with us, whether it is a heartwarming story, a comedy, a tragedy, a oh no, she didn't, or no, oh no, he didn't moment. Whatever it is, I want to hear from you. Also, share your advice. Do you have any advice for a beach wedding? Let me know. Our listeners would like to hear. Or is there something you didn't do that you regret? Is there something you did do that you regret? Email your questions, your advice, your story to andrea at thisjoyous.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A at T-H-I-S. J-O-Y-O-U-S dot com. So as we exit, I would like to play my rec- my recommended wedding song. Um, it's At Last by Etta James. This song is perfect for the bride's entrance, the recessional, or even the first dance. It's so beautiful. Etta James, At Last. I want to thank you for joining me today and look for a new episode every Wednesday. Remember, I want to hear from you. Andrea at thisjoyous.com. For more episodes, check out my podcast website, thisjoyous.com. Peace, love, and be married. Thank you.
Today's episode is brought to you by For This Joyous Occasion Officiating Services, located at the Jersey Shore. I'm a full-time professional wedding officiant. I provide religious, non-denominational, spiritual, non-religious, and interfaith personalized wedding officiant services. I'm honored to work with couples of all faiths, traditions, and lifestyles. I also write ceremonies for officiants near and far who prefer to outsource their wedding ceremony writing, as well as offer officiating consulting services. Please check out my website, forthisjoyousoccasion.com. And thank you for joining me today. Dream that I can call.